This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to the others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. With us back on the program is Dr. Amy Bender, Director of Sleep Science at Cerebra. Doctor, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And we're so excited to have you back because we have a bunch of questions that have been sent in uh, by our listeners wanting to know more about various aspects of sleep. And we figured who is better to ask these questions to than you? So let's Thanks go so ahead. Much. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Our first question is, I seem to wake up at least once a night for no reason. What's the worst thing that I can do? And what's the best thing that I can do to fall back to sleep? Mm, great question. Um, I think I think the first thing is it's important to understand that that can be normal for someone to wake up once per night. And the way the National Sleep Foundation defines good quality sleep is that you're waking up no more than once per night and your awakening isn't lasting more than 20 minutes. So that's something to keep in mind for people. It can be normal. Um, if it's frequently occurring multiple times per night, every day of the week, you know, we'd probably want to get that checked out by a sleep specialist, but in general, one time per night can be normal. Um, the best thing to do is to kind of have techniques to help you fall back to sleep. So number one would be cognitive shuffle. I think I've talked about this before, um, some cognitive techniques. So the cognitive shuffle, you can think of a word such as bedtime, imagine all, all the objects you can, starting with B ball, baby bus, banana, move on to the next letter. And it's simulating what your brain does. When you fall asleep, you start to imagine some of these objects and it also gets your mind off of being awake and being mad about being awake. Um, so that's a technique also breathing techniques as well. So the four, seven, eight breathing, breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for seven, um, breathe out for eight seconds, repeat that four times. So having a bit of those, um, techniques, progressive muscle relaxation is another one people can look into. So having a technique ready to go, um, to help you fall asleep a little bit quicker. If you do wake up during the middle of the night. I would say the worst thing you could do would be to lay there for a long period of time. Let's say you've tried the cognitive shuffle, you've tried the breathing techniques, and you're just laying there for 30 minutes or more. You know, we want to, in that situation, we want to get up out of bed, do a relaxing activity in low light, and then only return back to bed when you're sleepy, because we don't want to start associating our bed with being awake. Yeah, I've, um, you know, done the cognitive breathing and, and, and that type of thing. And, and it helps, it really does. It helps a lot. It just kind of slows everything down a little bit and you fall back to sleep, which is wonderful. Um, here's a, here's a, another question. Uh, and I suffer from this one. It's dark so early now that I get sleepy way before my bedtime. What can I do to not be so sleepy and get out of my routine, knowing that my routine is very, very important. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is, I, you know, we have the darkest days of the year here during the winter. Um, so it can be pretty challenging. I would say actually 
getting more light in the morning. Um, so what that does is it helps set your circadian rhythms for the day and, um, makes it more likely for you to fall asleep at a normal time. So it sounds counterintuitive, but getting lots of light exposure in the morning is very helpful for sleep quality. Um, you know, you may not dim the lights as much early. You know, you want to start dimming those lights about an hour or two before bedtime. Um, so you might want to keep the lights up a little bit. If you're starting to fall asleep at 6 PM, for example, uh, those would be a couple of tips for people, uh, yeah, to help in that situation. What do you, uh, think about artificial, uh, sun lamp type things? I've seen them advertised on Amazon. What do you think of those? I think, uh, a lot of people can suffer from seasonal affective disorder, so these lights help in that situation. So if you notice, um, you know, you're feeling a bit more down during the winter, you have less energy, it's impacting your sleep. Of course, you know, consult with your physician, but, um, I think those can be very useful for people to get, use a, a seasonal affective disorder light. Um, there's many different versions. There's one where you can just have it on your table and while you're eating breakfast, for example, use it for. 10, 20 minutes, or they even have light glasses, um, as well that you can kind of wear around for 10 to 20 minutes in the morning. And those, those are very effective for people, especially those with seasonal affective disorder. Excellent. Our next question. I keep hearing about blue light blocking glasses. Should I get some and what kind should I get? I love blue light blocking glasses. I think they're very helpful because a lot of times you can't control your light exposure in the evening. So you may have to be working on your laptop late at night. Uh, you know, you may have homework. So I, I, in those situations, I would be wearing the blue light blocking glasses to help eliminate that blue light, which tells our brain to wake up. And when we're about to go to sleep. That's not good. We want, you know, we want that melatonin to be released. So these blue light blocking glasses, they're usually dark orange, dark red colors. Um, those help block out the blue light and you want to look for 99% blue, blue light blocking is key. Um, and, and pretty much any brand, as long as they're 99% are going to be effective for you. And they're really inexpensive too. I mean, you can, they range in price, but you can get a pair for even $20. Um, and so, yeah, I would highly recommend it because there's just times where you can't dim the lights. You can't turn off your electronic devices an hour before bedtime. And these blue light blocking glasses can help in that situation. Yeah. I think those are, are huge, uh, for our athletes to look into, um, our next question, um, I'm a soccer player and I know sleep is important. However, I have a hard time explaining this to my parents. Since you're an expert, can you please help me explain to my parents why sleep is important and how sleep benefits my body? Mm, very good question. Um, it's so important and education, a lot of people don't understand the importance of sleep. Um, so it is really important to get that message across. I actually just had a consultation with an NBA player yesterday. And as a part of that, I was educating him on the importance of sleep and what it can do for you. 
So in this particular case, I was um, showing him the impact on performance. So when we get more sleep, it leads to better athletic performance. And in this particular study, it was in Stanford basketball players. They got their normal amount of sleep. They were looking at performance and then they told them to be in bed for 10 hours and we ended up getting just over eight and a half. And the difference in performance was huge between those two conditions. So when they were getting more sleep, they had faster sprint times. They had a better free throw percentage. They had better reaction time. Um, so it definitely impacts athletic performance and especially for soccer players as well. Um, so athletic performance is one thing that you could try and get that message across. Academic performance is another um, that's important, you know, for, for some of your soccer players out there, uh, we see benefits of better sleep on academic performance. Um, number two, number three, uh, you know, I was talking about the benefits on the body. So, um, less cortisol, less of that stress hormone when we have more sleep and better quality sleep, uh, more testosterone is released, more growth hormone is released when we get more sleep. And the studies have shown that, um, also as it relates to athletes, you know, in this particular situation the other day, um, I was talking about career longevity as well. So there's not a lot of research in this area, but, uh, there was one study to show one study showed that those players who were clinically sleepy at the two year follow-up were half were twice as likely not to be in the major league baseball league MLB. Um, you know, so that's, that's a thing that you might maybe get across to, to your parents. Um, but you know, ultimately I think it's up to the athlete themselves. You know, there's a lot of control with what bedtime you have. So, um, if you want to go to bed early, go for it. And I think, I think parents will, you know, hopefully be supportive of that. I know some parents think, uh, you know, sleeping a lot is being lazy. Uh, but I think for an athlete, it's, you know, sometimes necessary. They need to get a little bit extra sleep. And, um, you know, like you said, during that, during that process, so many things happen from not only a physical standpoint within their body, but also within their brain and being able to sort, I always like to tell people, it's sort of like, uh, doing a defrag on your computer. It just mm -hmm. kind of reorganizes everything and, and puts everything in place and, and resets you for the next day. So absolutely. And we think that athletes need more sleep than the general population because of the cognitive and physical demands of the sport. So we do really believe that athletes need more sleep. So it is important. We're speaking with Dr. Amy Bender, director of sleep science at Cerebra. Our next question. I like this one. It goes right along with sleep. I like the nap, but I feel guilty about it because I feel lazy. Are naps good for me and how long of a nap should I take and where should I take that nap? Napping is amazing. Do it. Nap, 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 nap. <laughs> That's my short answer. Um, yeah. So napping is a way to make up for some of that lost nighttime sleep that accumulates across the week. You know, we have 
early morning training, potentially we have early school start times. And so napping is a way to kind of make up for some of that lost nighttime sleep. And it can be even 10, 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be a huge ordeal. Um, you know, less than uh, 30 minutes are usually beneficial because you're not going to be waking up in the deepest stage of sleep and have a hard time, you know, wearing some of that sleep inertia, some of that grogginess off. So you can keep those naps pretty short, but if you do have a longer opportunity, more of a 90 minute nap, um, that's also beneficial because you're getting into all the stages of sleep, the light stages of sleep, the deep stages of sleep, and also REM sleep. Um, and in that situation, I set more of an emergency alarm and I try and wake up naturally from the nap. And that way you're not waking up in the middle of a deep stage of sleep. Um, cause usually in REM, technically our brain is in a, um, more alert state when we're in rapid eye movement sleep. So in that situation, you know, um, set an emergency alarm and then wake, try and wake up naturally. As far as the timing of the nap, we want to keep it more in the afternoon, not too close to bedtime. So usually say between one and 4 PM. Um, and so that's something for people to keep in mind. And if you notice it's impacting your ability to fall asleep at night, that's where we probably want to shorten the nap and probably make the nap a little bit earlier. Um, and there, yeah, there's tons of research out there showing the benefits of naps on physical performance, on cognitive performance. And so it's a, it's a really great thing. And even if you're not getting, or even if you are getting enough nighttime sleep, if you add a nap, it's just going to help your alertness, your performance, your mood even more. So I highly recommend naps and I'm probably going to take a nap today. Excellent. <laughs> That's a, that's a, I, I love naps. I think naps are wonderful. Um, all right. As we kind of wrap up things here on the podcast, I have a question for you. Uh, you recently tweeted a picture when you were in London about a high caffeine drink advertisement that you saw. And it said in the advertisement, drink this product and you'll be sharper is basically the, the message that they were trying to get across. You corrected the picture uh, and said that getting your Z's produces the same results. And then you posted a graph of a study that said naps outperform caffeine. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. Oh, I love that study because it, it does show evidence that naps are actually better than caffeine. So in the time it takes you to run to Starbucks, grab a coffee, like you could be napping and probably outperforming yourself than if you were drinking the caffeine. So this particular study was looking at more cognitive performance. So they were looking at memory recall of different word sets and they, they did three conditions. So they did uh, placebo where there was no um, caffeine, no napping. They had a condition where it was caffeine only. And then they had a condition where it was napping and they looked at their performance in each of these three conditions. And in, um, in that word memory recall task, they did find that naps when someone took a nap that they um, recalled more words than if they were to have caffeine. So in the end, naps ended up outperforming caffeine on that particular task. Excellent. Dr. Bender is a wonderful follow on social media. That's where we discovered her. Uh, where can they find you? 
I'm at sleep for sport. So, uh, the number four on Instagram and Twitter also have a website that I'm still kind of working on. It's called sleep Excellent. Make sure you go check out Dr. Bender and, and follow her. And, uh, you know, she has a lot of good stuff, especially from her recent uh, trips that she took to London and she was in New York for a little bit and she was out playing in the snow recently, which is good stuff. So uh, follow Dr. Bender if you can. Uh, she provides a lot of great information about sleep and how to better perform and just a lot of good stuff. Dr. Bender, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk to us today. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I look forward to the next one. Excellent. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.